Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. Thanks for stopping by. I'm going to have a few thoughts on cooperation or competition. We live in a society that's pretty big on the idea of competition. But the question is, how well does that service? It's an old it's an old subject. But I I think a more appropriate question is what's the proper balance between cooperation competition where is one appropriate and where is the other one appropriate what's the proper blend of the two if you have a simple goal like putting a man on the moon actually that's not a simple goal if you had a simple goal like who can run the fastest mile who can get below f- four-minute mile, which I think in the 70s was a big deal. Now we do it quite easily. I don't do it quite easily, but those that are good at running miles do. That's a simple goal. Um, Takes a lot of effort. It's hard to get there, but it's not involving a relatively large amount of people, and it's kind of simplistic in its nature. And there was competition, as an example, between the Soviet Union and the U.S. to put a man on the moon. The competition element got us involved in that activity. But it turns out to put a man on the moon took the cooperation of thousands of people. And if you go down all the supply chains, it may even be millions of people to put somebody on the moon. Thousands of workers, engineers, scientists made that happen. And gradually, the Soviet Union kind of went bankrupt, and we kind of lost our mojo out in space. Well, along came a guy with the dream to go to Mars, Elon Musk, and he set up SpaceX. SpaceX challenge the assumption of our space program and said, well, we can recover the first stage rockets and save a lot of money. That made putting satellites into space a lot cheaper. Not cheap enough that they're actually going to make money doing it, and not cheap enough that they're going to generate enough cash to be able to go to bars, but cheap enough that they're now deploying um, a bunch of rockets going to uh, satellites going up into space so that they can have internet for the whole world. They're going to put thousands of satellites up there and have a 
you know, worldwide internet, which is pretty amazing. But notice the blend of cooperation and competition in making the whole space program happen. First, the competition between Soviet Union, United States to get the whole thing started. Um, one of the competitors uh, fell by the wayside. The U.S. became pretty stagnant and kind of gave up on the space program. Then a guy called Elon Musk um, in the very competitive U.S. market for putting satellites into space um, started changing the rules of you know, recovering the first stage rockets, uh, computerizing the whole system. Uh, and I expect they've broken a lot of the rules about how a rocket's made and the components. So there's a nice, if you look at that story, there's a nice blend of cooperation and competition. There's another example of where when the Nobel Peace Prize was set up, it was based on the concept that a few people made a big difference. And when they did something great, they got the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, that was probably true at one point in time. But now, when there's scientific advances, we're living in a world that is very complicated requires a lot of cooperation to get something done. Um, I'm on a project to build a copper smelter and we're building a, say, a $5 million pilot plant right now. The amount of people required to make that happen um, would amaze you. The number of engineers and scientists that have to work together. Now, I want to be the one that says, oh, I'm the one that's got the most experience here. There's no way I could do it by myself. I've worked with a, the guy I hired that's actually my boss now. He's a very competent individual. The guy above him that's raising money for our project tells a great story and does great marketing to get us keep us going. We've got two or three young engineers and we're hiring. We hired an engineering firm to help, two engineering firms to help us on the design. So here's a $5 million plant. The amount of complexity and scientists and engineers involved would just blow your mind. Because to make an advancement right now, what you're gonna have to build has to be, because of the competitive world we live in, has to be a little better to get the funding to happen in the first place. And that requires a lot of cooperation. So the kind of generalization I'm hoping you see is that large, complicated tasks require more cooperation than competition. Competition only works when it's simple and fair. So now, that that's kind of a long introduction and I probably lost half my audience. Sorry about that. Let's look at the American model 
where we say people kind of lift themselves up by their bootstraps and, you know, the model in the U.S. is you get some education, you do good, good in school, you go to college, get a degree, get a job. Uh, you know, do well in your job, get good money, uh, you have a nice life where you have a house and a car and blah, blah, blah. You know the dream. Well, and that it's based on a competitive model. You know, you've got to do better than other people. you got to be smarter, get better grades, get into the best schools. It's all a competitive model. But for a competitive model to work, it's got to be simple and it's got to be fair. What's wrong with our system? Well, for starters, it's not fair. Hmm. Some people in our system, in fact, most people in our system, start way behind the starting line. You come a rich, privileged family, you get it right up there on the starting line. If you're poor, you get a crappy school. We'll come back to that in a second. But we've got a system that even if you're like the result of what happens when people get to go to college and get a job and all that, there's only 25% of people, there's only seats for 25% of the American population at that table. The other 75%, that road is not open to them. We limit the number of seats going to college. And not that we shouldn't, because we probably don't need that many. But what about the other 75%? Are they just left out? And I don't know if you've noticed, but upward mobility in the United States is now well below China. They, it's more chance that you'll improve your state of life in China than in the U.S. In fact, right now, it's pretty much on average everyone's well-being, salary, position in life is actually declining in the U.S. In China, it's going up. You have a lot more upward mobility. So I think we have to look at that 75% of the people and say our competitive system for rewarding people for doing what they should, hard work, um, getting up every day and doing what they need to do and what they have an opportunity to do. Our society, our competitive society doesn't take care of them. And there's some easy things we can think of to help that situation. Raising the minimum wage, some call it a living wage, having child care, having medical care, having pay for positions that nurture and care for other people, 
like nurses, teachers, childcare, moms that stay home, take care of kids. But here's where we kind of have to break with a competitive model if we want to change things. We have to be willing to cooperate and be willing to pay higher taxes that goes for the care workers in our society. It's kind of unusual to think of cooperation um, perhaps in that way. You usually think of, you know, holding hands and walking down the road together and, you know, building a house together or, you know, or, or, or something of, of that nature. Uh, Habitats for Humanity, uh, Jimmy Carter, I think is 98 now. But cooperation can also mean a willingness to take on more taxes. The willingness to set up a culture that says we're willing to give up a little bit so that everybody's life can be better. That's also cooperation. And to spread the American dream and to make the dream accessible to everyone, we have to take care of the 75% that don't go to college. And we have to make it fair. We have to make it fair that someone in our society that works their butt off and does everything that's in front of them to the best of their ability uh, is rewarded with at least the basics of life like food a roof over their head I would say even medical care Let, let's look at an example right now the pandemic um and going online, a whole lot of our kids don't have a device. They don't have uh, access to internet. Their parents need to go to work or they don't eat. And then so those parents make a choice to let their kids stay home by themselves even when they're quite young and not eat or go to work and leave their kids at home. So if we're gonna make the dream, you know, for that other 75%, we've gotta have a lot more cooperation and willingness to give up something. We don't get this for free. We have to give up something to make access to the dream. Possible. And if we just concentrate on the competitive model of grow up, do good in school, get a good job, we're leaving out 75% of the people. So let's think about how cooperation could enhance life in America. And even when the pandemic isn't here, there's a lot of kids 
that don't have food, don't have proper shelter, and they don't have a safe place. Until we can say education includes not only, you know, a, a teacher trying to help you learn, but also the child has to, to have the basics of life, including safety. And as a society, we're going to have to be willing to give up something to make that happen. Our time, our money. We have to change an attitude. Black Lives Matter. You're not going to solve that without the cooperation of a lot of us being willing to give up something to solve the inequalities that are caused by our competitive system in large part and our attitudes about that system. We act like we have a fair system, but everyone knows it's not fair. If you start at, you know, 100 yards behind the starting line on this mile race, um, by not having a safe place to go home to, not having food, uh, being around a lot of drugs. I grew up in a pretty fair, poor family. And I didn't realize how unfair it was, the competition from where I started. Uh, but I had a lot of good people. I had a lot of luck on my journey that helped me get out of it. Anyway, that was just some thoughts of mine on kind of the balance between competition that our American system is, is based on and the idea of cooperating together to help the 75% of the people that can't go to college in our system. Either ability or opportunity. So I think we've got to start thinking of some serious ways to cooperate in this country. For instance, maybe everyone should have to give up two or three years of their life and work in, in public service uh, drafted into it and work on it before you go into your career of making money. Maybe you serve in hospitals, maybe you tutor children, maybe you work in old folks' homes. But maybe you do all those care-type jobs and the government gives you room and board and it's like a Peace Corps for America. It's got to be a large, cooperative effort if, if we're going to change this company change this country. Pardon me. I get, I get a little choked up just thinking about uh, maybe America could cooperate and work together to change and make this a better country. Anyway, that's uh, the ancient Texans' take on cooperation and competition. 
And I hope a few of you made it through that slow start to this talk. Hope you have the rest of your weekends good. And that you have some more hope and we'll start thinking about those 75%. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred and our fellow inhabitants. Namaste. Namaste.